Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez. Hey, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. My name is Jim Martin. I am joined by my co-hosts, Brad, Greg, and Jeff. And we are excited to be here with you today talking about smart asset. You know, we get this question a lot, uh, and we see this come up a lot, and in internet groups and in forums around advisors about smart asset. Is it working? How does it work? Should I do it? And we're going to talk about our experiences and, and some tactics and tricks we think uh, will help you improve. Remember, the, the idea of our, web, our, of our podcast is pretty simple. We started this uh, just kind of on a whim. We're a group of guys that have known each other for a long period of time, and uh, we, we love to share what we've learned and help other people grow. It's, it's a it's fun to see people implement some ideas and tactics and get better. So that's the purpose of what, what we're going to do today. That's the purpose of this show. One thing and one way you can help us, and I'm going to mention this again at the end, but leave us a five-star review, whatever, wherever you're at, wherever you're consuming this, leave us a five-star review. Make sure you visit thefaedge.com and uh, drop your information in there uh, because we're going to have a pretty cool giveaway at the end. But with all that said, Let's talk about smart asset. Digital leads are all the rave right now for a lot of reasons. Like we're all lazy. If we really got down to it, what we really want to do is put a sign in our front yard and have a line of people signed up and ready to go. And since that doesn't work, digital leads are a way for us to get in front of prospects without having a cold call, go buy people dinner, uh, network, and do all these other things. You pay you the, the, the premises, you, you send a company, uh, you give them your credit card information and they send you somebody who has raised their hand and wants to use Smart Asset or Dave Ramsey or Wiser Advisor. There's lots of these services. But today we're going to share our experiences with Smart Asset. So let's kind of do a round robin real quick. Let's just start with Jeff. Jeff, um, are you using Smart Asset at all? I am, but barely. And we'll talk a little bit more, I assume, about the different tiers that they offer. So I am only giving it a run in one tier with limited numbers. So uh, so just a little bit would be just my answer. Bit. Okay, perfect. How about you, Brad? Yeah, I've been using Smart Asset for probably two years, I would say. Awesome. And, and lots of, uh, you're, you obviously have been using it for a while. So I, I know you've been working those leads aggressively. You would have had to have been and uh, had a lot of fun with it. So do you, do you find like the program is as good today as it was uh, at the beginning? In some ways, I'd say it's better. In some ways, I'd say it's worse. Um, you know, one of the things that they <clears throat> rolled out, I don't know, maybe a, a year or two ago was the, the live connection leads. And um, basically, to summarize it, when someone actually, you know what, what, maybe we should do a little background on on how the program works or how it's pitched to us first for any of the listeners that don't know. Yeah, I but think basically. Yeah, basically smart asset. You've probably seen their articles on Yahoo Finance or anywhere else around the internet. They they look to get people interested in a topic, whether it's taxes, recession, who knows, uh, interest rates. 
and ultimately lead them to a survey where I think it's, what is it these days, eight or 10 pages? I took it when I, before I signed up, but you know, they, they try to qualify people coming through to see if they have a need and then submit their information at the end. And they provide that, that lead to three, is it three? Is it three advisors in the network? I, I think so. It could be four, but somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, so originally that's how it worked. You know, someone completed the survey, smart asset then claims that they either make a phone call or a text message that requires a response from the lead to make sure it's not a dummy lead. And then they forward it on to us to reach out to the, to the prospect. One of the things I think they've improved uh, in the program since I started was the, the live connection leads. And you pay a premium for those leads, but they get the prospect on the phone and ask them if they would like to be live transferred to an advisor. And when they get a yes, they they call from a dedicated line, you know, to your office. So so you don't have to hunt them down and follow up with this process. I think that's something that they've improved over time. But on the on the downside, what I've noticed, I'll give one of each that that's a positive on the downside. Um, I have noticed, I think they're stretching more these days to fill their funnel. Um, because I'm getting a a higher frequency of people that seem surprised that they're getting a phone call from an advisor, not across the board, just an uptick compared to maybe a year or so ago where people knew what they were getting when you called. Yeah. And that, that's a great uh, summation of it. The other, the other piece of it, and uh, Jeff alluded to this uh, as he was speaking as well, is that uh, there's different tiers of leads. So there's a million dollar plus there's um there's 500 or two 500 to a million or i can't remember all the tiers but there's like four different tiers it goes all the way down to like 0 to 25,000 or 0 to 100,000. dollars uh depending upon the uh net worth that the client or the prospect rather i had indicated on on the lead funnel uh you're going to pay a different premium for those so Somebody with more net worth, you're going to pay a higher premium. Someone with less net worth, you're going to pay, obviously, a lower premium. Greg, uh, are you using Smart Asset? I am not at this point. And I was using it about two years ago. Uh, I gave it nine months. And I, I just didn't see the ROI, right? I, you know, As opposed to the different other you know, marketing or digital lead sources that I was using. So, so I dropped at that point. I am considering starting it again. I'm in a very, very highly competitive area. So so I have that going against me. Um, I, I think Brad's area is probably less competitive if I had to guess, or if if someone was in a, a more rural area, uh, not so, you know, metro big city like I am. So that that's the that's what I have working against me. So yeah, and right, great to Greg's point, these are not um exclusive leads. These are competitive leads where you're going to be up against either another local player like one of us, or you're going to be up against the Fisher or an Edelman or someone that has uh, has purchased or purchased uh, that territory for the digital leads. So, right. so yeah, you know, here's what here's what I've heard. I, I use Smart Asset. I'm about I've used it twice in my career. The first time I I used it, I turned it off way too soon. You know, I think I think the first thing I'd give people advice is if you're going to try something. You need to do it for at least six months, probably a year commitment somewhere in that neighborhood. I turned it off after like three months. I just got really annoyed and turned it off because I wasn't getting the uh, what I felt like the quality of leads was. I turned it back on. I'm about six months in. I think we've closed two clients on it, maybe one. I'd have to look at my metrics on it. Um, 
it, it's working okay. It's not great. I think we're at a break even on an ROI perspective, which is probably okay because these leads don't disappear after the first month. It's not like they're gone. It, you can drip on them and they exist and you can come back to them. So we use it. But you have to be incredibly process oriented with these things. You cannot just call somebody once. So that's probably that's probably broader stroke. So that's how the system works. It, it, guys, what are you hearing from other advisors? What have, what's your experiences so far in the program? Any any positive or negatives you want to share? Just maybe one thing talking about the mechanics that I think is an important part of that answer that makes it unique is you can choose what your monthly spend is based on the tier. And then when you hit that number for the month, it shuts off. So uh, that kind of goes into how much time you give it. Because what I did is I set like a max of four leads a month, I think, or even three leads a month. So it's very few leads that are coming in for me, but that means my spend is much lower. So I could have doubled that number of leads and my you know, break even is going to stretch out um, or, or be higher in the short run. So um, it's kind of interesting. So my experience has been very little activity out of it. I'm hitting my three or four leads a month, whatever it is that I've paid for. But, uh, but again, that, yeah, that's the interesting part of it is I'll have three or four the first week and then I have nothing for the rest of the month. Right. Because you, you've hit your budget. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you do, that's one of the, that's a, it's a good point because smart asset does when, when you onboard with them, they will ask you, you know, what tier you want and then what your budget is or how many leads you want. So once those leads come in, they'll lock it down. They have never failed to meet my budget, by the way. So I I'm guessing they turn the, uh, they, they turn the marketing dollars on, on some, some placement ads in order to generate the leads. So, but yeah, so that's, that's good feedback. Brad, you were, you were going to share some information there as well. Yeah. That, I'll come back to that, but that's interesting that I'm the opposite. They have never filled my monthly budget ever. Probably 50 actually. And probably, <clears throat> I don't even know if they've ever filled 75% of it. What's your but monthly I, budget like 10 grand or what? No, no, it's only <laughs> like $2,000. And, and, only, and what, what tier, what, what kind of clients are you going after? I have all the tiers selected, but so, so what I did because of my experience with other <clears throat> digital lead services, which I won't mention because maybe we'll cover them or whatnot. Uh, I've noticed on the ones that do that you can buy a, ter- a predefined territory. My physical office is not near the population centers of a lot of territory. So I drew myself, what's a nice thing about smart asset is you can pick basically off of Google maps <clears throat> where you want to draw leads from. So you can do a radius, you can draw, you know, with the, the pen on the Google map to see where you want people to come from. So what I did was I set a 40 mile radius from my office because what I experienced in other programs was, you know, if you're a prospect and you get, <clears throat> you know, you're getting a list of three advisors, and one of them is 50 miles away and the other one or two are right in your city, I'm finding myself at a disadvantage because people are like, well, I'm going to see what's you know right next door before I drive an hour to come meet you. So <clears throat> both of these, both of the closest population centers to me are about 50 miles away. So I drew my radius at 40 so that I would not get the leads that are, are going to get shuffled to people that are in their town. So I'm guessing if I went another 10, 15 miles, my lead volume would pick up quite a bit, but a lot of them might be at that disadvantage, which I, I didn't want, at least at this time. 
So that's my experience with budgeting. But uh, earlier, Jim, you were talking about cold calling and, and I, I know when I came into a lot of, I started a lot of these digital lead services at the same time. And I kind of went into it almost with the, you know, almost like when I started, I'll put the sign out in the yard and write a letter to everybody I know. And, the, you know, there'll be a line out in front of the door and you cannot approach, I don't think any digital lead service, whether it's this one, Wiser Advisor, Ramsey, anybody that that's what's happening because it's not. What these leads are somewhere in between, in my experience, is a cold call and maybe following up with a seminar attendee, right? They're a lot warmer for the most part than cold calling, but not even as warm as someone that came to one of your seminars. You are still going to need to go into these leads with a process like, um, you know, with a follow-up process to get them in front of you. It's not going to be one phone call and, oh, hey, Brad, thanks for calling. I was waiting for you to call and take my money. That's not what it is. I think- um, Where do we find those leads? Yeah, I keep those for myself. I don't share them in the podcast. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I think I heard someone, it might've been in in the Ramsey SmartVestor program where it was said that the average was nine contacts to get, I don't know if it was to convert to to a client or whether it was to get them in your office, but expect that would be my advice, that there needs to be a process and a system that you are going to need to do, you know, five or 10 contact attempts to get these people in front of you. But it, it, it has been positive ROI for me, and I have been in it a couple of years. So uh, the, the one thing I'll mention, and then Jim, you can take it from here. Uh, I, I was I was sitting at a group of advisors recently, and, and there was one advisor, and she said, I started Smart Asset. I paid, I think she said like 300 bucks for a lead. I called that person, and they did not call me back. Can you believe that? And I paid $300 to this person. Then the next person I called, I called them, left them a message. I emailed them. I didn't hear back. And I thought, well, there's $300 just wasted. So I wasted $600 and I said, enough is enough. I just lost $600 and these people are not returning my calls. Boo hoo. (laughs) Yeah. I I hope, I hope she listens to this podcast. Not that she, we want her to know who you are, but, um, but reality right. is, is this is a, uh, if you're going to do any of these di- digital meet lead services, just like when we were talking about seminars or door knocking or cold calling, you've got to have stick to this. You've got to, you've got to have a plan that you're going to work it for a number of months or even years before you might see, might see results. I mean, Greg's got a podcast. It took him a long time before clients started picking up the phone and call or prospects picked up the phone and called him from his podcast. He probably wanted to give up a few times along the way, but oh, yeah. you, you can't do it. Greg, I want to go back to you because I want to flip the script just a little bit. I want to talk about you. And if you're willing to share, if you're not, you can just tell me to change the subject, but you shared with us kind of before we got started about uh, somebody that that you came across or heard about this had enormous success with this. You tell talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I was talking to an advisor, uh, and I and I won't give his name, but um, but his he he developed a system and and basically he he hired team members that they their their full responsibility is to follow up with all these lead sources. And and he kind of codes it in his CRM. Was this person a referral? Was this person a lead from Smart Asset? Where did they come from? But it also, it, it keeps them accountable saying, okay, I followed up with this Smart Asset lead 19 times. And their process, they just keep calling and calling, kind of like Ken Fisher 
Um, I, I've had clients that say Ken Fisher will not stop calling me because I filled out some, you know, retirement um, tips, five retirement tips that everybody with a million bucks needs. So yeah, I mean, this advisor, I mean, they are like relentless, but, but he, again, he, he built a system. He can, he can keep tabs on yeah. these, uh, on these salespeople who work for him, and all they try to do is just work with the referrals and all the different lead sources they have. And, and then it's all through contact management. Those are prospects. And then once he, of course, their job is to just get the, get the meeting set. That's all they're trying to do. Just get the meeting set. Yeah. makes sense. Jeff, for you, what, how, how are you working your leads? So when your leads come in, what do you guys call them right away? Or are you doing the live connection? How do you, how do you transition there? Yeah, so we're not doing the live connection. I again to try and keep the cost down. I chose to keep everything very simple and um, and do a small number of leads. So we we made a business decision number one that my supporting advisor is going to work leads. So not to the scale of what Greg was just talking about, but similar that that's his responsibility. Uh, and then the other thing we did is you know uh, Brad earlier mentioned the different channels. Uh, we're going to follow one process regardless of the channel that they came from. Our goal being simplicity and consistency and then work the process like crazy. So that's always a combination of uh, ideally ASAP getting on the phone to them and uh, following up by email everybody right away. And then we go through a, a, a several weeks long process of attempts at follow-ups and uh, and then they even go into an ongoing funnel process of quarterly to twice a year follow-ups from there by, again, both phone and email. And the one thing that is interesting that came up earlier, there's a fair bit of lag from the time that they go into the system until the time that we're contacting them. Um, and so that plays into that process. Sometimes you're catching them by, it actually sometimes makes it easier to catch them by phone um, because they didn't match it to some website that they were just on. Uh, of course, other times it makes it harder. So a combination, but our, the main thing I'd say is consistent with all of our other systems and processes for contacting these incoming leads. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of data out there that, that says that the person that connects with these people first has a much higher likelihood of getting that sale. Cause we've all, I, I I'm pretty sure we've all like in our digital lead, uh, funnels that we have have got somebody on the phone and they say, Oh, I already have an advisor. And you're like, dude, you just signed up yesterday. And what that means is they met an advisor and they only want to meet with one person. So getting that person on the phone and scheduled is really important. The other thing I think is important is there, there are some people that go crazy on this stuff. And I think that's great too. Like you can make this your complete funnel. If you're willing to to spend four or $5,000 a month, you can get a ton of leads. And chances are the law, large numbers are going to work in your favor as long as you have a follow-up process. If you don't have a follow-up process, it's going to be a problem. And I think smart asset, the way it works, this is just my gut because I'm, I've got back into the system, but you know, just like, just like Ramsey and wiser advisor and some other things we're part of the longer you're in this system, the better the ROI, because these older leads are going to come back through. They're going to reconnect with you if you're staying in touch with them. Uh, Brad, has that been your experience? Have you have you closed leads from you know 18 months ago? Yep. Yeah. Yep. For sure. 
I think the two biggest the two biggest factors that determine the success of any of these programs. Number one, and Jim, when you said it, I was I was about to say, being number one is huge. Being not, you don't want to be the third or fourth guy that calls them. I mean, I think the value of being number one is five times better than being number two. Which is why you pay for the live connection. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, just a, you know, another tip, I don't know if you guys do, but I mean, I pipe these things directly to my cell phone. Like I, I want, I want to know when it comes in and if it's a reasonable time, obviously, and I, and I can do it, but I mean, you know, if it's, if some, if it's at six fifteen or something at night, I mean, if you can call them, then that's, that's amazing. Um, and secondly, though, the, the follow-up process is, is huge. Those are the two. If you do, if you are prompt and you follow up, I, I think you'll have a, a strongly positive ROI in any of these services. Yeah. But if you go with the route like me and start out and saying terrific, or like Greg's friend, uh, what was her name, Karen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can't call them once and expect them to show up with rollover forms. I mean, that's not how it's going to work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're not going to be sitting waiting for your call saying, here, here's my life savings. But yeah. uh, I, oh, and, and, but to expect, hey, you're going to pay th- the expectation. You have to set your, you know, have a, a good expectation going into this. Not every $300 you shell out, you're going to get $300 back in some way, shape, or form. There's, it's, it's probably going to be like a one out of 10, but you'll kind of have to track that. The one thing about these digital lead sources too is I've had people that that have said, oh, we've had a couple people call, but um, I saw you and I want to hire you. And it's like, oh, wow, she likes my website or she likes my picture. And she's like, no, she likes where my office is. That's yeah, it. <laughs> People make crazy decisions sometimes, you know, like it's not your competency. It's not how handsome you are. No, no, it's 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 the it's the distance from her home. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's great. She was a mile from my office. And that's why I got her as a client. So, yeah, I think are the other guys- thing that remember about these leads are, you know, the, um, remember that what, what smart asset does and these other things, they put a lead magnet out. So they put a free quiz or a free report and they run these ads on Google, on Facebook, and you know, they're very good at it. Um, these people though, the reason I wanted to share this, they go in and they fill this out and they do, they do realize they're going to get matched with an advisor. They don't realize they're going to get somebody that's going to call them every month or every week for the rest of their life. Um, but with all that said, that's, you know, Ken Fisher has built a heck of a business doing something just like that. So don't, don't get in your own way and say, you know, don't put your pride before being successful in this business. They're not going to be upset when you call them. You can call. The other thing to remember about these people is they do respond to marketing. There's a lot of people out there that just don't respond to marketing or they respond to marketing where they're going to look for referrals or they're going to buy in a different way. These are people that have clicked on an ad and went through and answered an evaluation and put their information in. So these are people that if you can catch them at the right time, even if it's not immediately, but maybe in the future, you can't you can't have a high likelihood of converting them into a client. At least that's been our experience with uh, Brad's experience with Smart Asset. Uh, one of our our mutual friends. That's been his experience. I mean, this guy got a massive client out of it. Uh, that's been our experience with the Ramsey uh, program as well. So if you're in front of them for a long period of time, it can happen. All right, guys. I think we've covered Smart Asset uh, to a pretty good degree here. I want to I want to kind of wrap up with some closing thoughts. Any recommendations, suggestions, or things that that our listeners at home uh, or in their office can do. So Jeff, let's start with you. Any uh, Anything that we, we need to take advantage of or do here? 
Yeah, all I'd say is play the long game and don't expect ROI out of this quickly, but consider the 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 business we're in and, and how much lifetime revenue one client represents. Uh, and think about this one client at a time accumulated over time. And if you stay consistent, you'll be successful. Brad, how about you, sir? Yeah, I think I think uh, my summary advice would be to look at this service or anyone like it, like you would anything else. And what it's providing to you is like Jim, you mentioned, they're, you're assembling a, a lead funnel full of people that A, respond to marketing, B, are not opposed to working with an advisor, and C, have money. And I think if you look at it through that lens, any marketing channel that you have going that provides you with leads that meet those criteria, you would work. So as long as you approach it with that attitude, I think that you'll be successful with it. Yeah, I agree. Greg, you're the quitter of the group with smart assets. So I, <laughs> yeah. I I'm almost don't want to throw this over to you, but maybe, maybe, uh, no, with all that said, I know you've got some great advice as well. Yeah. I mean, it's it for me at, at this point where I'm at with my business and, and we're all at different points, but you, you kind of have to evaluate, you know, is this marketing channel, is this working? What's the ROI on it? And I could tell you the other different marketing channels that that I that I'm still working, just the ROI is just a lot higher. So I'm going to continue those. So if it were me, and of course I'm considering doing this again where you can get the live connection, that's probably what I would would focus on, even though the cost is higher. That's that's what would interest me. But I would look, I look at the, I look at marketing like it's fishing. If I can, if I can have, you know, five different, you know, poles in the water, so, so to speak, I'm just increasing my odds. So if you're just going to have one pole and think that, okay, smart asset is going to be the way I, I grow my business. And I'm just going to sit back and wait on these leads, man, I, I, I think you can be more active and be, be more proactive to grow the business. Just use it, use it as one pole of, of four or five different poles. I think actually for both of you, I think what you're both saying on smart asset, not that it's uh, even in your experience, it's positive ROI, but being still small businesses, which most of us are, um, you, you still have to pick and choose. There's you even one person or two people can only reel in so many fish. That's true. Right? So Good I think point. you've made that decision, right, Greg? You're not saying that you, you quit it because it doesn't work. You're saying, yeah, you've got a podcast, a TV, you've got a lot of uh, poles in the water already. So I think you have to make a decision. You're only one guy, right? Yeah. Stick with what works. And, um, and if I had a bigger team to be able to making these phone calls, certainly it was something that I probably would have continued. Yeah. I just wanted to point that part out. Yeah. And, and not everything works as well in every area. There are certain areas of the country where this is going to work better, where you're just going to get a better, you're going to get a better outcome. And I think, I think to to Greg's point, I gave him a little bit of hard time about that, but he tried it for nine months and made a decision that the ROI was not where he wanted to be. And I think if you're going to approach it, you need to, you need to take the same care and consideration. You don't want to be Karen who, who bought two leads and said, Oh, there goes 600 bucks. How would she ever know if it was going to work out? You know that? So six right. months, nine months, a year, that's your time frame to test these things out. One of the other things that we wanted to throw out as we kind of wrap up the show today is that, um, you know, we we have uh, we've worked together on building out a process for this, 
And it's modeled after some of how the big, the big guys do this. So if you want to take a look at our smart asset process, our digital lead process that we have built uh, together, and we've talked about this for years, how to fine tune this into how do you, when do you, when do you call and how do you convert people and when should you text and when should you email and what should you email, go out to the faedge.com thefaedge.com, put your information in and whoever does this in the next week or so, we will send, um, we'll send out that, that, uh, that worksheet to you, our workflow. So you can take a hard look at it and you understand what our process is. And we, we process, we uh, modeled our process on how Edelman and uh, Fisher do this and then made some tweaks along the way to accommodate a smaller business who doesn't have a, uh, you know, a, a $2 million budget for hiring schedulers. But I want to encourage you to reach out. I want to thank you for listening. Remember, the goal here of this show is to help advisors get the edge, to do better in their practice, to grow, to reach their goals. Uh, we can do that together. Make sure you go out to the FAEdge.com. Uh, put your information in. We'll get you out that worksheet. I think it'll be really helpful. Leave us a five-star review, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to the show. Check us out at thefinancialadvisorsedge.com if you want to learn more about us. If you enjoyed the content, make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. The opinions that are expressed in the shows are that of each host only and don't necessarily reflect the opinion of the other hosts. Like the weather, our opinions can change. This podcast isn't intended to provide tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified professional. We cannot guarantee our opinions or forecasts are right. See you next week.